This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Third Wave Water. Do you ever wonder why the coffee you make at home never tastes as good as the coffee you buy at a coffee shop? The secret is they spend thousands of dollars to make the perfect water. Your water, whether that's tap, spring, or bottled, is defined by the location of where the water comes from. And a lot of things can affect that, including minerals. That's why drinking water tastes different in different places. And if you're a coffee connoisseur, you'll know it changes the way your coffee tastes. Most people don't know how to achieve the right balance to get a great cup of coffee. I know I don't. Don't let Jason near the coffee pot in the morning. I'm in charge of that one. But Third Wave Water has a formula of minerals that can make brewing magic. Just add their packet to a gallon of distilled water. And you can do that in any brewing machine. We put it in our Brita filter and then we pour it into the back of our Keurig. But it can go into a French press, a regular coffee pot, however you're brewing. Really, the way we did it was set it and forget it. We filled out the Brita, put it in, and whenever we want to make coffee, the Brita's right there. Fill the water back up. And how much would you spend for the perfect cup? I can tell you right now, I spend about three, sometimes four dollars a day. And you get the small cup. Yeah. But with this, it's as little as 10 cents per cup. And get this, recently at the U.S. Brewers Cup Championship, the number one and two place finishers brewed their coffee with third wave water. Now remember, it's not coffee. It's what makes your coffee taste better. It's the perfect water to make the perfect cup. We've tried it and can attest to it. So check out their website at thirdwavewater.com and use our promotional code, CLATCH, for 10% off your first order. That's CLATCH, K-L-A-T-C-H, for 10% off your first order. You know the secrets of making friends? They are so simple and easy. The coffee Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew Podcast. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today's episode is going to be a little different than what we normally do. As we gear up for Game of Thrones, we thought it'd be a good time to catch up on all of our other popular shows. Including Magicians, Sherlock, Game of Thrones, Mr. Robot, and Westworld. We're going to tell you any tidbits of show news that we've got, what's coming up next for their season, when it might air as well as CKC News. How will we be covering it and what kinds of podcasts will we have for you in the future? Just a heads up, two weeks after this podcast, we'll be coming out with our Game of Thrones Get Ready for Winter podcast. Two of them, in fact, a season six bonus and recap and a season seven prepper. And those will be lots of fun. You're not going to want to miss those. And if you haven't listened to our Game of Thrones podcast, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's the right time to jump back in. It will remind you of everything that happened in season six and get you ready for the new season. We've been talking about it a lot because it's our long-awaited podcast, so make sure that you stay tuned for that. And later on in this episode, we'll also have some fun. We'll have a quiz about which Mr. Robot character are you, and a trivia about Westworld. All right, Jason, away we go. Let's start off with The Magicians, since that's the season we just finished. Now, Clatchers, if you're new here, or if you haven't heard it yet, we had Arjun Gupta, who plays Penny, on our podcast, and we had a blast. So make sure you download that episode. Since season two ended, we don't know much, but we did find out it was officially greenlit for season three. Yay, it will be back 13 episodes as you're used to. And when Arjun was on the podcast, he told us that him and the rest of his cast will be on the ID10T Festival. And this, of course, is Chris Hardwick's creation, which he will be hosting a new music and comedy festival called ID10T. Take place at Shoreline Amphitheater in Silicon Valley, June 24th through 25th. 
It'll include bands like Weezer, OK Go, Girl Talk, comedians like Dimitri Martin, Michael Ian Black. Basically a marriage of all the things you love about concerts, live comedy, and a little bit of Comic-Con. So if you're going, please tell us about it. Take pictures. Send it to us. Contact at coffeeclatchcrew.com. And we'll come back with some notes and comments after it takes place. Back to The Magician Season 3, there was a recent interview with John McNamara and Sarah Gamble, the creators. And they asked them, would you say the main focus of season three, at least when we pick back up, will be the quest to try to bring back magic? McNamara said there's no question. The most urgent, immediate problem for the entire group is to try to get magic back. Then each individual has some specific things they have to deal with, but that's ancillary. Gamble said we have a lot of parental issues we're going to deal with because the interviewer brought up the fact that that seems to be a common topic amongst our magician's crew. She said, I think some of it has a direct analogy to parents, and in a certain way, it's also akin to the feeling you get for anyone who works in a large company, like an international corporation. So she's talking about what it's going to be like having the old gods around, at least in some respect. They sent their plumber in to turn Mm -hmm. off magic, so they are now on the radar. They're not flying below anymore. So she says this is like working in a corporation. You want to do your job have success, and live your life, and you don't want to get so far outside the bounds that people even really know your name. I think that's an analogy you can make in a lot of different situations in life, and our characters have made themselves visible to a class of beings that shouldn't know who they are. It's like suddenly knowing the name of the gnat that's been flying around the room annoying you for a few minutes. The power imbalance is incredibly dangerous to our characters. They also talked about the fact that they pull from the other books, book two and three in the first two seasons, and how they're going to continue to do that if there's rhyme or reason. So McNamara said they haven't finished with all of book two content, and they've only just dipped into book three. And there's plenty open still for adaptation in season three and moving forward. McNamara was asked, when is Christina and Jason going to be on the episode? And he answered, probably around episode six or seven, once magic is back. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, we do hope to have Arjun back on sometime during season three while it's running. That's all we know for now, but it is soon off the heels of season two. I didn't even expect to get that much information, but the show creators work very closely with Lev Grossman, talking about how to adapt the book storylines, what feels right. So I think they have an idea of where they would like to go. Moving on, next we have to talk about Sherlock. And this is not as good of news. I got a lot of this from an article that was on digitalspy.com and it spoke about the interviews Stephen Moffat has done recently. The long and short of it is we don't really know when Sherlock is coming back and in what capacity. He said it's unlikely Sherlock will disappear entirely. It's definitely the end of chapter one. Dr. Watson is now Doyle's brave widower, and Sherlock Holmes has become the wise and humane version of the main run of stories. So far, they've focused on the cold homes of the earlier days. Whether we ever get to chapter two, our boys consciously living the myth and battling wrongdoers rather depends on our two stars. And he's talking, of course, about Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Well, yeah, these guys are huge now. I mean, they were already big when they started Sherlock, but this is, they're like massive players now. But I know they all love to do it. They do, but that's exactly the thing. They're trying to figure out when their schedules could coincide and what that means. They did say it's probably never going to be the way it has been with the regularity of a three-episode season every one and a half to two years. 
Yeah, and it wasn't regular even back then. No, not really. <laughs> but I guess more so that that's the bad news. If it's going to be more irregular than that, who knows what we can expect. I believe last year we only got a Christmas special. Exactly. Meaning the year prior to the one we just had with them. Yes, and it sounds like they're not really going to do that anymore. They've even thought about taking it to other platforms. It's so much like a movie, they thought about starting to do movie adaptations. Well, they have movie stars there, so you might as well. And Benedict Cumberbatch has spoken of his desire to play Sherlock well into old age, and we're talking about the beekeeping days of Sherlock that we hear a little about in Larry Millett's Sherlock Holmes and the Isendorf Enigma. He says, but it's not going to happen again with the same regularity it has been. And Gaddis also said they would not do it again without both of the stars. He's very firm on that. Yeah, it won't be the same. And as we know, Cumberbatch is now tied to a multi-picture movie deal with Marvel. Freeman will also be in the Black Panther and other movies. Black Panther being the next origin story coming out for Marvel. Yeah, kind of interesting that they're both involved in that. And it is a big commitment Multiple movies, ongoing. It's got to be hard to time schedules. Still my favorite movie with Freeman. It's got to be Love Actually. Oh, I love him in that. He's so great. Yeah. Now we know they've both worked alongside each other in The Hobbit, which were extraordinary movies. Mm -hmm. But Love Actually has a a place in my heart. (laughs) Freeman is also attached to a thriller startup on Crackle. Yeah, so this is another streaming service, kind of like Netflix, and I guess the series is called Startup. I've never heard of it, but I'm definitely going to check it out now. This article also talked about what would they be looking to adapt moving forward with Sherlock. So they've done some of the classic stories from the Conan Doyle adventures of Sherlock Holmes, but there's still so much left in the library that they could tackle. The article really went through, if you're interested in hearing about the possibilities, every different adventure and the summary of what they're about. But the big ones that Moffat and Gaddis have sort of dropped hints about that they might be interested in are the Redheaded League, where Holmes and Watson look into strange happenings involving a group of exclusively red-haired men, the Engineer's Thumb, about a young man with severe injuries and a chilling tale who arrives at Watson's for surgery, And the Greek interpreter, to which they say, because of their version of events, Irene Adler is still out there. So that might be interesting to look into. And I would love to get more into her. I know we talked about that in our coverage. But as we said, they don't know yet when it will come back for another season. It won't be for at least a few years. And I believe that. If anyone's going to make you wait, it's going to be BBC and Sherlock. Really, both of them were talking about they have to have something near to their idea of perfect before they move forward. If they're doing a season and it's going to be a few episodes, they want enough material. They want to know their adaptation is right. They need their actors there. And I think with Gaddis and Moffat, that's true. (laughs) So it could unfortunately be a while. And what does that mean for CKC? We will wait and see where the show goes. Whenever and however it comes back on, we'll cover it. If it comes out as a movie, we'll still be covering it, but in our Patreon page, where we do movie reviews every month. And in the long in-between, we did talk about potentially doing a book review on the Isendorf Enigma. So that's something we can keep in mind for the future if we start jonesing for our Sherlock. Speaking of books, if you guys can't wait either, Larry Millett has many novels on Sherlock Holmes, and he's a great author, and his depiction of Sherlock is different, and I really enjoy it. We also had Larry Millett on our podcast a few months ago, maybe a month ago, and that was a very intriguing conversation. And it's free. It's out there. So go ahead and download that as well. 
Yeah, definitely check out the interview. We don't really give any spoilers and the minor ones that are there, we give you a heads up on it. So you can listen to it even if you haven't read the book. But before or after, we encourage you to do so, The Isendorf Enigma, and he talks about his other books in that vein also. Okay, next up we have Game of Thrones. We are going to keep the info super minimal as we will be doing two prepper podcasts coming up soon. I just want to give you the very basics so you're ready for it. Season 7, long awaited. The premiere will be Sunday, July 16th at 8 o'clock p.m. So mark your calendars, July 16th. And shortly after that, you'll have your episode one review from us. This is going to be a seven-episode season, if you hadn't heard. Normally, GOT is 10 seasons, but these final, season seven and eight, will be shorter. And we also know the premiere will be a 59-minute episode. Now, in these podcasts about Game of Thrones coming, we have a lot of good detail. And I can't wait to dive into that. Yeah, that includes some bonus stuff that we didn't get around to talking about from season six. Some really fun trivia recap of season six and our theories about season seven and there's rumor that Jon Snow's name has been leaked yeah well that's a topic of great controversy and talk ever since the end of last season right we will get into all that and more on our podcast now if you listen to our Game of Thrones podcast if you if you go all the way back to three years ago we were a little green then so we have some background music it could be a little it could be a little annoying and I do apologize for that but the information is still great. And last season wasn't bad at all. We no, last we season kind was of had good. it down by season 6. Also just to pique your interest a little, we have some leaked information as well about Arya and the Valyrian steel blades that are left in the kingdom right now. Now let's move to one of our other popular shows, Mr. Robot. Season 3 will be coming out October 2017 with 10 episodes, and you bet your sweet ass we will be covering those. Yes, we don't know exactly when in October yet, but it's getting closer. I'm sure that we're going to have a date soon. They started shooting in April, and the date was bumped because of Rami Malek's schedule. I'm glad it was bumped, because since Game of Thrones was bumped, I was worried we were going to have an overlap of our shows. Me too. And then they bumped Westworld, although they bumped Westworld to sometime in 2018. So that's not too comforting. We'll talk about that in a minute. In some red carpet talk with the actors, Christian Slater said, season three is going to be just an all out rampage on your mind. (laughs) Season one and two was pretty much a rampage on your mind. What's so intriguing about this show is that we can have a million theories, and most of them will be wrong. Although we did really well on this, Mr. Robot and Game of Thrones, our theories were right more often than not. We definitely get into theory crafting, Game of Thrones, Mr. Robot, and also we do some deep dives about possible connections, what it could mean with Mr. Robot and Westworld. It's a different kind of podcast, so if you haven't heard it before and that intrigues you, definitely stay tuned. The actors also said that season two was more cerebral and character-driven, whereas season three is going to be a lot more plot-driven, and basically things are going to get crazy. So if you were like me and a little unsure about season two, and I did still love it, but it was a different kind of show than season one was, they're going to kind of be coming back around to the main action of things in season three. They said they always developed it with the idea of it being a play. So the end of season one would have been the end of act one. And then they would get more into the characters and then the plot would pick back up. It all kind of makes sense. And I have a lot of hope for what's coming in season three. 
we spoke about this in our podcast. Sam Esmail had, what, four or five seasons already written out? Yes, from like day one while they were in season one. It was insane. I forget the specific number. You can go back and check that out. So everything has been planned out. And he seems so meticulous with everything. Every episode has its own feel. Everything, there's nothing that goes past him. And many of them are so different. If you remember last season, we had the 90s episode, which was amazing. A little trip in Elliot's mind. He loves to play around with the different formats, the different styles. And the good news about that is if one episode isn't necessarily your cup of tea, the next one could be very different. But each one of them has so many things happening. You, you have to dissect when we're watching it for the podcast. We actually spend two hours for a one-hour episode yeah. pausing, taking notes, and then tons of research. It's really interesting. And they promise more of the same moving forward. They also talked about the cast that will be joining the show in season three. We had mentioned the newest character will be played by actor Rizwan Manji, who was Tick Pickwick on The Magicians. He's going to play the FBI partner of Dominique DiPiero, who will be helping with the investigation of the 5-9 hack. Hopefully he'll be more helpful than Tick Pickwick is. <laughs> For sure. Or maybe we don't want him to, because we don't want Elliot to get caught. Very true. Also joining the crew will be Bobby Cannavale. We know him from Boardwalk Empire, Vinyl, so many movies and TV shows. He's awesome. He will be playing the character named Irving, a no-nonsense used car salesman. And that's all we know about it so far. And one of our favorite actors, B.D. Wong, will go from a recurring role to a series regular. Thank God. Yeah, I think <laughs> it almost felt like he should have been in season two, but that's good news because it means that we will be seeing him with more regularity in season three as well. And some good news for Sam Esmail. Apparently he's been engaged to Emmy Rossum, and we know her very well from Shameless. Among many other things, yeah, they were wed in Central Synagogue, according to the article from People. And then the celebration continued at the Guggenheim Museum, and there's a lot of pictures of that up online. Good for them. Some quickie notes about CKC. Our Mr. Robot podcast will be available on all podcast apps, but it's also going to be available on TV Time, which is a very cool app where you can track all the shows that you're watching episode by episode. And it keeps you informed when a new episode is going to come out. And when you finish an episode, it'll give you information about that particular episode, about the actors, some behind-the-scenes moments, and you can comment with the millions of other people watching. And the best part of it all, our podcast will be exclusive to the Mr. Robot channel. Also, something you forgot to mention, and this is really important, especially to people who are going back and catching up on a show later after it's aired, things like Game of Thrones, Mr. Robot, you don't want to know what's happening next. So with the TV Time app, it takes out all spoilers. It shows, it knows that you've watched, let's say, up until episode three, and it will not give you any information from episode four on, only to where you are at. So it's a really great app to utilize. And yeah, you can definitely check out our podcast up there now. And we will be back covering season three episodes for Mr. Robot. Also on the TV app is our Westworld channel. And as we said before, season two still has a date unknown, but we know it will be in 2018. So we will have to wait to see if the Ford that died was the real Ford or one of his creations. We do have some information, though. We know that season two will not take place immediately after Dolores killed Ford, although you will see the aftermath of it. Instead, they're going to do a time jump and pick up later. 
They also said they're going to dive more into the construction and power source of the hosts in season two. Duracell. <laughs> right? Duracell batteries, they keep going and going. No. Well, and Jonathan Nolan said, we'd like to keep that mysterious. They're closer to biological than mechanical, but they don't suffer brain death the same way we do. They're largely indistinguishable from human beings, but their brains don't require oxygen, which opens up interesting possibilities. They're not as fragile as ours. On one hand, their cognition is controllable and malleable, but on a structural level, they can't be killed the same way you and I can. In season two, we'll be exploring more of the nuts and bolts of what they are as the hosts themselves are trying to understand. And a little bit of updates on the cast of season three. Ed Harris will return. Thank goodness. Tallulah Riley. She plays the welcoming host. Has become the series regular. Yeah, as we saw at the end of season one, she was no longer a welcome host. She was now in play. Yeah. Lewis Hertham, who plays Peter Abernathy, will be a series regular. My Thank God. favorite. I'm so excited to hear that. We loved his short stint in season one. His speech to Ford was amazing. And then they shut him off. And now we know that they did turn him back on. And I think they sent him out into the real world. It looked like they were going to, but we didn't get any more of it. That's where it ended. So I am really excited to see where we go with Peter Abernathy. And we would love to have him on our podcast. So Clatchers, if you're out there, if you could tweet him and let him know you want him on our podcast, it will only help. You're welcome. Anytime, Lewis Hertham. And lastly, we have Jimmy Simpson, who plays William, and he will not be returning. Which makes sense. We've wrapped up the story with his character. We know that he's the man in black now, and we're back to present man in black with Ed Harris. So I assume they're just going to move forward with that. Yeah. So if they're going to have any flashbacks, it won't have anything to do with William. I think they're going to have flashbacks because it was one of their main tools to confuse us. And for all we know, he could have recorded some additional flashbacks that they just didn't air yet that could be in the next season. And if you follow this show, you know there's also a website, discoverwestworld.com. They now have a new game up there, which scrambles a conversation between Logan and Dolores. It hints at a robot apocalypse. There are suggestions that Hector and Armistice are still alive and indicators that Dolores and Wyatt are now merged into the same personalities. Whoa. All right. They're always giving fun little clues about that. If you haven't played around on it yet, definitely go check it out. It was one of our favorite things to do in our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I do implore you, if you haven't listened to our Westworld cast, it's a must listen. And as Jason said, that's also up on the TV Time app, and we will be coming back to cover season two episodes. You've referred to the role you play as this host, as this robotic uh, person, to be the acting Olympics. Yes. Which made perfect sense once I heard it, but explain what you mean. Well, because in the show, we're kind of called upon uh, to do these shifts of energy very quickly because uh, we, we, we operate off of voice commands. So I'll be in a full panic attack, and then someone will go, lose all emotional affect, so I'll have to go... <laughs> And then like back into character mode and then back to half character, half analysis mode. And like sometimes I have an accent and sometimes I don't. And so, and sometimes I have to be completely deadpan. But um, in the script once it said no uh, facial expression, but crying through the eyes. Well, that's all of our shows and all of our news. We'll continue to update you as anything new progresses in our other podcasts. But we still have some fun left. Are you ready, Jason? We have a personality quiz and then a trivia quiz. I'm ready. All right. For the personality quiz, I took this one already. This is going to be you on your own here, but I'll tell you what answers I gave. 
and then we'll reveal what characters we got at the end of it. It's telling you which Mr. Robot character you would be based on your personality traits. There are 15 questions. And if you listeners out there haven't taken this quiz, feel free to play along with us. You can get it from buddytv.com, then click on their quizzes and you can go to Mr. Robot. All right, number one, which personality type best epitomizes you? Introvert, extrovert, or somewhere in between? I believe I'm somewhere in between. I have my introvert days, weeks sometimes, but I also have my extrovert days. And that's when I get in trouble. Okay, so you're somewhere in between. I put A, introvert. You definitely are. We only talk when we podcast. (laughs) Number two, how would you characterize your social life? I have a small, tight-knit group of people I care about. I am a loner. I have coworkers, not friends, or you won't find me sitting at home on a Saturday night. I'd say as I get older, A is more like me. A tight-knit group of friends. Yeah, me too. I put the same. Number three, how important is your job to you? A, it pays the bills. B, you're a workaholic. C, you try to strike an even balance between work and personal life. Or D, you're not employed in the traditional sense. I guess I'll say I try to strike a balance, although having this podcast and also client work on my freelance company, there is really no balance, but I'm going to say C. (laughs) I used to be like that, but I put workaholic. Number four, would you put the welfare of others before your own? A, without question. B, it would depend on the situation. C, I tend to put myself first. Or D, only if the others were friends and family. Well, you have told me that I often concern myself with how other people feel. But it depends on the severity. If I don't know the person and a train's coming and I know for a fact that either they're going to get hit or I can save them and I'm going to get hit, I probably wouldn't save them. So B, depends on the situation? Yeah. I put the same. Don't judge us. You know you're hey, doing we're the supposed same thing. to be answering honestly, right? Number five, do you consider yourself an honest person? A, I withhold information to avoid hurting people. B, I consider myself pretty forthright. C, I've got closets full of skeletons. Or D, honesty is a relative term. This feels like a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd say I withhold information to avoid hurting people. Yeah, I think that's definitely you. Number six, how would people describe your attitude towards change? A, change is good. B, it's easier to maintain the status quo. Or C, resistant at first, but I'll usually come around. I'd say for the most part, C, resistant at first. You are such a liar. Really? You are maintained status quo through and through at all costs. You think so? Yes. Okay. (laughs) But it's your quiz. You're probably right. I think you're a B. I answered B also for that. Number seven, do you consider most people to be trustworthy? A, until they give me reason to believe otherwise. B, no, I've been burned too many times. C, I've been called gullible. Or D, I go with my gut based on the situation. You and other clatchers who know us well <laughs> would know that I'm C. You got to pick C on that one. I, I picked A, until people give me a reason to do otherwise. All right, number eight, which of these terms best encapsulates you? A, optimist, B, pessimist, C, realist, D, pragmatist, or E, anarchist? Well, I'm a Libra, and I'm constantly weighing out yes or no, yes or no. So I guess I would go with pragmatist. Yeah, D, pragmatist, I think so for you as well. I put C, realist. Number nine, do you respect other people's privacy? A, always. B, I've been known to snoop on occasion. 
C, very rarely. D, if I pry, it's only out of concern. Or E, what privacy? Everything's accessible on social media. I definitely respect other people's privacy. So always. Yeah. I put if I pry, it's only out of concern. (laughs) Five to go. Number 10. Which of the following do you value most? A, honesty. B, loyalty. C, money. Or D, power. I'm going to go with honesty. But money's right there. Like I would like to have enough money to afford stuff. (laughs) You would like it, but I don't think you value it most. I agree with you. A, honesty for you. I did B, loyalty. Number 11, do you use social media? A, I'm tweeting and posting right now. I'm addicted. B, only because my friends do, I could live without it. C, a few times a day. Or D, so over it. I could live without it, but with this podcast, we have to be social media. And I do have fun talking to the clatchers. So C, a few times a day? Yeah, for sure. I don't overdo it. I put B, I could live without it. But thinking the same thing, not because my friends do, but because I do it for the podcast and I enjoy that aspect. Since you bring it up, Clatchers, if you're not following us, you might as well. On Twitter, we're at CKC Podcast, Facebook, Coffee Clatch Crew, or Instagram, Coffee Clatch Crew. Do it. Everybody's doing it. (laughs) Back to the quiz. Number 12. Do you have a tendency to obsess over things? Yes, no, sometimes, or never? I think so. I do, right? Yeah, I think definitely I would put yes for you. Not about everything, but certain things. Number 13, would you do something illegal to protect the people you care about? A, yes, but only after exhausting every other option. B, I could never knowingly break the law. C, no, but only because I'd be too scared of getting caught. Or D, without hesitation. I'd go with A. Yeah, me too, only after exhausting other options. Number 14, which of these adjectives best describes you? A, confrontational, B, forgiving, C, elusive, or D, emotional? B. B, forgiving. And number 15, the last question. Have you ever considered taking drastic action to change the world around you? A, sure, but one person can't make a difference. B, no, I'm okay with the way things are. C, I'm working on a plan right now. Or D, I've got my own problems. I'd have to go with A. Sure, but one person can't make a difference. Yeah. All right, Jason, are you ready for your results? Yes. And I don't know how you did it because you answered a fair amount the same as me, but also a fair amount different. You got the same character as me. Oh. Which is Angela Moss. Okay. Can you dig it? Here's what it says about her. And you, I suppose. Everybody writes you off as a nice girl, but there's more to you than meets the eye. You're diligent, reliable, but there's a part of you that would love to be more spontaneous. You're empathic and forgiving, sometimes to your own detriment. You show deference to authority figures, but you are more apt to be confrontational in your personal relationships. I'd say that's definitely me to a T. Parts of it were true of me too, but parts of it not. And then I started thinking about, yeah, but what other character am I more like than Angela? And really none of them. I think you're like White Rose. (laughs) (laughs) On my bad days, there's a little of Darlene in me, but I'm definitely more Angela. So that was fun. Let us know what you got. Yeah, I'd like to hear the other characters because we don't know who they are, what the other options are, or what the descriptions are. I would love to hear what you got. Now, we normally don't do these kinds of quizzes, so hopefully it's as fun listening to and doing with us as it is when we're doing it. But if you don't dig it, don't worry, our other podcast won't be like this. We have one more. If that one wasn't for you, this is a fact-based trivia about Westworld. 
Oh, I'm scared. I suck at trivia. <laughs> Do your best. And I haven't done this one, so we'll play along together. There's only 10 questions. In our Patreon podcast, we had a trivia last month, and we didn't do very well. And our Clatchers, according to them, said they did way better than us, and we're trustworthy. So I do trust them. Well, we were time pressured there. Here, you and I can think about it for a second. And we have multiple choice options, which always makes it easier. So away we go. Number one, who informs Dolores about the maze in Westworld? Is it A, Ford, B, Teddy, C, the man in black, or D, Bernard? I'm going to go with D, Bernard. I agree. And the correct answer is? It is D. Bernard. We did it. That's it. One for <laughs> one, done? 100%. <laughs> All right, number two. Maeve, remembering events that she shouldn't be during her time in the lab, draws which of these? A, a man in a mask. B, a machine. C, the Westworld logo. Or D, a pile of bodies. I think she drew our logo. No? <laughs> no, Jason. It was, it was a man, a man in, in a mask. mask. Remember yeah. the drawings? Yeah, and then... I remember because she had kind of like a dream sequence of a parade going by and that guy was in there and she was a different character at that point. Yeah, she hides it underneath that loose floorboard Mm -hmm. and we come to see it later. She has forgotten about it and keeps discovering it and going back on her loop. Number three, Bernard confirms to Elsie that the constellation she and Ashley found during their trip to the park was in fact Orion, true or false. Oh, I don't remember. I'm going to go true. I think it's false. I think they they thought it was Orion, and so did we at oh, first. Oh, shit. Okay. So, um... We're what, going false? Well, let's go false. Let's go false. Correct. The answer is false. Whew. Well, technically we're right, I guess, but technically There's I was wrong. There's a 50-50 split. Yeah. We'll go with your inkling on the next one. But let's say we're 100% still. Yeah, it's saying when Bernard goes to check it out to find Teresa is having her team take over the investigation, he talks to Elsie about it and says hosts can't imagine things, so she shouldn't be imagining they can. He also informs her the mysterious constellation is not Orion, as she and Ashley believed it was since it has one more star in its Mm, belt. Damn it. Just so you know, only 56% of players answered that question correctly. Number one was 44%, and number two was 58%. All right, Jason, I think you're going to know this one. Number four, the woman that the man in black encounters in the Blood Arroyo River has what tattooed on her body? A, a snake, B, a horse, C, an eagle, or D, a tiger? I think it was our podcast logo. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> snake, definitely a snake. Yes, because remember we talked about the Ouroboros? After that? That's right. I remember that. So yes, we were right. It's a snake. And 64% of players answered that correctly. Number five, halfway through. The man in black says he'll rob a prison using which of these items? A, a bullet. B, a wagon. C, a horse. Or D, a match. I don't remember, but I'm going to go D, a match. I think you're right also, because... It was something that we didn't think could possibly open it. D, a match. We, we are, are correct. kicking ass. For once, we're on fire with a trivia. On fire? Match? <laughs> there you go. Good one. Good one. And 67% of players answered that correctly. 
Number six, is Lawrence killed by the sheriff's firing squad? Yes or no? No. No. I remember that because Ed Harris comes. Yep. Yeah. Yep, same. And that's correct. The answer is no. A stagecoach rides across Westworld carrying Lawrence and the man in black inside. A sheriff confiscates the man's cigar case along the way. He tells Lawrence that all his life he's been a prisoner and this is his chance to be set free. Upon their arrival, it becomes clear Lawrence is a wanted man. The sheriff's men take him outside to be killed, but the man in black Boom. comes along. Using cigars loaded with gunpowder, he breaks out of his cell, kills the guard before reclaiming his weapons and saving Lawrence from his fate. Here comes men in black. <laughs> and 78% of players answer that correctly. Number seven, the woman with the tattoo only has one person left to kill to fulfill her plans of revenge. What is his name? Well, that's easy. It's Wyatt. That's right. Yes. All comes down to Wyatt, always. You didn't name, you didn't, you cheated. Well, not cheated. You showed off. You didn't name all the names. Oh, there's no multiple choice. This is oh. a fill-in. Oh, okay. There's some multiple choice. This one's a fill-in. There was a yes, no. They're kind of all over the place. But... Yes, that is correct. It is Wyatt. When the man in black returns with Hector and the woman with the tattoo, she says the masked men in devil's horns rolled into the town when she was seven, killing her family. She hunted down the men responsible, using the blood to tattoo her skin. And there's only one man left. His name is Wyatt. Only 42% of people got that one right. It wasn't multiple choice. So we're killing it. It's a lot more difficult. Number eight, according to Ford, his new narrative will not be which of these? A, a retrospective, B, a bloodbath, C, a greatest hits, or D, a finale? Will not be. C, greatest hits? I think so. Also, C, greatest hits. No, we are wrong. wrong. Oh, no. The first one we were doing so good. The correct answer is A, a retrospective. Didn't he say it wasn't going to be a greatest hits? It was going to be something new? Lewis, that's only one wrong, so don't get mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, they do talk about the conversation that day, but they don't include the quote where he says uh, it's not a retrospective. Uh, but 53% of players got that correctly. So it was a half and half. All right, we have two left. Let's hope we do good with these. Number nine. Who do the man in black and Lawrence eventually find out in the desert? Oh, I know this. A, Teddy, B, Ford, C, Dolores, or D, Abernathy? Teddy. Teddy. Absolutely. I was worried that my memory wouldn't be all there, but I guess Westworld wasn't that long ago. It's Game of Thrones I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have a trivia in Game of Thrones as well. Now it's going to be a lot harder because there are no multiple choice. To get you kind of psyched for that, though, the trivia is characters' nicknames. So what are they called other than their regular name? For instance, Jamie a lot of times goes by the nickname the Kingslayer. Right. So we're going to ask for that for all the different characters. That should be a good time. Our answer here is correct. It is, in fact, Teddy. Only 47% got that one. And the last question, number 10, who helps Maeve find the bullet fragment buried deep inside of her? A, Clementine. B, Hector. C, Teddy, or D, Dolores? These are actually kind of easy, yeah. right? So it's definitely Hector. And that is correct. It is Hector. Nine out of ten. Not, not bad. too bad. Not bad. 90%. 
<laughs> and the average score for this was 6 out of 10. So we did well above average. How did you guys do, Clatchers? I am the smartest man alive! Well, that's about it for now. We wrapped up all the show updates on TV shows that we are covering, as well as the CKC updates. Now, remember, all of these shows that we did updates on, we have podcasts for. So be sure to listen to those. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever is your social media of choice. And check out our Patreon if you want more CKC. We do monthly movie review casts as well as monthly bonus episodes. It's a really tight-knit community, and we welcome all. We'll see you next time on the first Game of Thrones cast of this year. Thank you so much to Third Wave Water for promoting this podcast. If you ever want to have that perfect cup of coffee from your home and not have to worry about the expensive beans or getting that $600 machine that you don't even know how to use. Well, Jason, don't act like it's actually magic. You still do need coffee beans, okay? But this is going to help you get your water perfect. The product comes in a box with individual packets, and they have minerals in them. So you add the packet to a gallon of distilled water, and now you're ready to make brewing magic. So I don't even have to measure. (laughs) That's true. Third Wave Water makes it easy for you. If you're a coffee lover, you know that the quality of the water affects the way your coffee tastes. This is a no-brainer for as little as 10 cents per cup. We've tried it. We can attest to it. Just go to thirdwavewater.com and use the promotional code CLATCH for 10% off your first order. That's promo code CLATCH, K-L-A-T-C-H for 10% off. It's not coffee. It's what makes your coffee better. This round is on me. Try again.